0: Hey, everybody, remember when it was fun when the Oilers would come to town? I mean, for those of you who are really old, I'm not referring to when Wayne Gretzky and all those guys would show up and beat the Penguins like 13 to 4 or whatever it was. I'm referring to Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl showing up. Well, they're here tonight, and who cares? Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning, I'm Dan Kovačević of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is daily shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates. Where you found this? It is Penguins versus Oilers at 7:08 p.m. tonight at PPG Paints Arena, and it will mean nothing. Certainly not in the standings, not to the Penguins and not to the Oilers, and really. Not to any of us who used to get into the Sid versus Connor debates. Because as you look at things now, here's Connor McDavid in his mid 20s, putting up points at will, running away with Art Ross trophies. And here's Sid in his mid 30s, a slow start to the season, coming off the wrist surgery. Played wonderfully since then, but nobody's talking about Sid in the same breath as Connor when it comes to just overall performance. Not anymore. Do you know what's funny? They probably should. Now more than ever. Because I've got news for you. When it comes to comparing generational talents, and that's absolutely unequivocally what McDavid is. It's never an in-the-moment thing. It's always about the broader body of work. And I am here to say that no matter how many trophies McDavid ends up surrounding himself with over the course of his time in Edmonton or if eventually he escapes, his career will have been seen as a spectacular bust next to that of Sidney Patrick Crosby and all of the winning that Sid has done, I don't need to tell you about that, but I do feel compelled on this day to share that over the last five seasons, Connor McDavid has participated in eight total playoff games, and yes, those were split over two rounds, which is to say that he hasn't won a single playoff game since 2017, the one year the Oilers ever made even the slightest amount of noise in the postseason over his tenure. And that is a catastrophic footnote in the context of a talent of McDavid's scope. And it isn't even close. It doesn't even scratch the surface of what Sid's achieved, not just as a player, but also as a captain, as a serial winner, as Mike Babcock once called him. Not even close, and maybe not even now. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across Western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. Now, again, going back to the Gretzky days, those who are a little bit more experienced in following the sport will recall that the big debate of the day was Wayne versus Mario. Everything was Wayne versus Mario. Who's the best? Who's the most talented? Who has the better supporting cast and thus has gotten the most help toward achieving what he has? Well, that obviously was Gretzky. He was surrounded by an entire wing of the Hall of Fame up there when he won his cups. Mario, in contrast, didn't make the playoffs at all in his first five seasons in Pittsburgh. Now, he had to dig from a hole that was unlike anything McDavid could ever imagine in Edmonton. The team that Mario inherited was 1658-6, and the year that it richly earned drafting him in 1984. But Mario got there. The Penguins got there. In fact, as soon as responsible management arrived on these shores and you started to see Pieces come in, like Tom Barrasso, like Paul Coffey, like Kevin Stevens, Mark Recky. I could go through the whole long list of excellent players who made it here for the 91 and the 92 Cups. Mario rose up even higher. Mario led those teams to those championships. My goodness, I left out Ron Francis and Ove Emerson and Larry Murphy. See what I mean? You can't even get started on this dialogue without going through the whole roster. But it happened, and he performed in turn. Sid came to Pittsburgh in a much more similar situation to what McDavid did in arriving in Edmonton. The team wasn't you know, some kind of major mess. It won a lottery beating out the Sabres, who'd actually really earned that pick, and because the Oilers at that point were operating in a salary cap league just as the Penguins were upon Sid's arrival, there was going to be a chance for the team to get pretty good pretty quickly. Well, the Oilers have had talent. The Oilers have added talent, not nearly enough, and they haven't had good management. But when you have Leon Dreisaitl as your, I don't know, you want to call him a sidekick? Dude puts in 50 goals and 100 points every year. I'd compare him more uh, to the dynamic between Sid and Gino, McDavid and Dreisaitl. So there's even another center there to take some of the heat off of him. And he hasn't gotten it done. Last year, the Oilers played Winnipeg in the first round, the Jets did all kinds of hooking and holding and slowing down uh, McDavid, and McDavid complained about it, and that ended up looking even worse, because you can't do that in a series between two Canadian teams with all the macho-ness involved. And he looked really bad, and he didn't score much at all until the series was out of reach. Here's my point. Sidney Crosby is a superior player over the course of his career, to Connor McDavid, in every way. There are no, no exceptions to this. And the fact that Sid is still out there, at his age, putting up 84 points, despite missing pretty much the first month of this season, and yet again would have his team in Stanley Cup contention if their starting goaltender hadn't gotten hurt, while the Oilers just barely squeak into the Western Conference playoff scene and are undoubtedly going to get bounced again in the first round, then no, the experts are right. There is no comparison between McDavid and Crosby. It's just not the way they think. When we come back, just one question. Time for J1Q. Today's comes from Sarah, and she asks, Dan, why do you feel less confident that the Penguins could beat the Rangers in round one? Sarah, first and foremost, the single worst tactical matchup that another team could stick in the Penguins' collective faces in a playoff round would be to be awesome on the transition. The Rangers are awesome on the transition. They're not great at everything. And in some ways, the Rangers' shortcoming, that being their defending once they're stuck in their defensive zone, should benefit the Penguins. However, in the four meetings that they had this season, it didn't. Why? Well, if you go back to the first meeting, the one that the Penguins won, one to nothing, might have been the game of the year at PPG Paints Arena. The Penguins still had their legs. They were still pressuring the opponents. They were still in their faces. And as a result, it's easy to say, they still had their forecheck. And because of that, they were able to get into Adam Fox's face and prevent those home run passes. You know the ones I'm talking about, from goal line to the opposing blue line that would spring Artemi Panarin or Mika Zibanejad or whoever, Chris Kreider. Whereas if you go back and look at the two losses that the Penguins had at the Garden, you'll see that those passes were readily available. In fact, there was one play uh, in one of those games that sticks out in my mind where Fox just basically stood up like, you know how skaters are always in some kind of crouched mode, their, their knees? This was, he's standing there as if it's like a morning skate drill. And he finds his guy 100 feet away, and boom, there they go for a two-on-one and another New York goal. If the Penguins can get in the Rangers' faces, they can beat them. If Casey DeSmith plays miles above whatever would be reasonably expected of him. But that four-check wasn't there the last two uh, the, the last two times they met at the Garden. They had some four-check, one against them, and the other loss in Pittsburgh. But the other component to this is that the Rangers have Igor Shesterkin in goal. So even if the Penguins do pressure, and they should, to repeat what I said earlier, because the Rangers just aren't that good once you hem them in, they'll give up chances and they'll even give up goals but you got to get it past that guy. And the Penguins did almost none of that in the four regular season meetings, scoring, i going to remind everybody painfully, one, count them, one even strength goal over those four total games. Now look, I'm sure if you sat down and tried to analyze, you know, Penguins versus Hurricanes or Penguins versus Panthers, particularly the latter, you'd find ways in which those teams would be superior to the Penguins in different ways. I believe that both of those teams are superior to the Penguins, especially with Tristan Jari out. But in the Rangers case, it's been right there in front of us, including the results. And that's the part that I don't like. Oh, and one other thing. If they play in New York, they're not about to have any home ice advantage on the road the way they would against either the Hurricanes or the Panthers in Raleigh and in Sunrise where the buildings would be completely taken over or close to completely taken over by Pittsburgh fans. So there's a lot that goes into it. I just think that Penguins versus Rangers isn't something that's going to work out for Pittsburgh. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one tomorrow.